verse 10 through 12 in the Amplified Version. So would you stand while I read the word? I like making you stand up and sit down. It's more fun. I don't have to do all the standing. You guys stand the whole time and I'll sit. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) The Bible says, For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the, the divine counsels, and the things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and the motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? Now we have received not a spirit of this world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We just thank you, God. We thank you for your word and your spirit on your word. We thank you that you are revealing the the deep things of God to us this morning. Might our hearts and minds understand. In Jesus' name, amen. My desire is that this morning you would ask God, what do you want me to know? So why don't you ask him? And then ask him, well, what do you want me to do? So as you're gathering from the word this morning with that enlightenment of God, what are you wanting me to know? And what are you wanting me to do? So I have a question for you. What is something that you've made up in your mind? I asked Callie yesterday. She looked at me like, hmm. And then she's like, that I do not want a pet. And I was like, okay. (laughs) She's like, I took care of a dog and I am good. I don't like dog hair. I don't. I've made up my mind that I just don't need a dog. They want to be close. I don't really want them to be close to me. They make a lot of noise. I don't need that. I, don't. I was like, okay. So, But what have you made up your mind about? What is something maybe you've made up your mind about in like the food realm? Like, I like this. I do not like that. Maybe something you're willing to do and maybe something you're not willing to do. Have you made your mind up about something like that? How about a person? Have you made your mind up about a person? Oh, I don't trust that person. Oh, I trust that person. Oh, I don't like that person. Oh, I like this person. You make up your mind in a lot of places. How about I choose and I made up my mind, I'm going to forgive them. And then you can make up your mind, I'm not going to forgive them. How about the outcome of something? Have you ever made up your mind of the outcome before it actually happens? It's probably not going to work. I pretty much made up my mind that's not going to happen. There's just no way. Have you made up your mind about skinny jeans? <laughs> just checking. Sometimes we can make very uh, strong statements about what we will never wear, and then we end up like years going on, and we're like, oh, now I'm wearing that. Like, people are now wearing wide leg jeans, and I was like, oh, that will never happen again. Oh, yes, it's here, and I actually wore them, so I'm part of the, the group. Maybe something you've made up your mind about is what you're afraid of. Well, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. I made up my mind. I've heard people make very strong statements in that space. I am afraid of spiders, and I do not like them. There's some already agreeing. <laughs> I made up my mind. Have you ever made up your mind about something that you can't do? Like, I know I can't do that. 
Have you ever done that before you actually tried it? Like, I know there's no way I can possibly do that. But you actually never put your hand to it. You've never even given a, a second chance. I was speaking to one of my children this week, and she, and she was like, oh, I wish I could do that. I know I can't do that. Like playing an instrument. And I was just like, well, you haven't even tried. And she's like, well, I tried once. And I'm like, well, you have to try like a thousand times before you can tell me you can't. How about that? And she's like, a thousand times? I'm like, well, you got to give it all. You're all. Like we do, we make up our mind about a lot of things. And in that space of like, I can't do that. Like wherever that is for you, maybe it's something that you could, uh, it came really quick. Like, I know I can't do this. The Bible actually states in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So therefore, your made-up decision in your mind has now contradicted the word of God. And then that becomes a fortress in our thoughts. And the enemy takes a space in our mind. And he sets up a tent and a camp in that space. And God's like, I told you that you can do all things through me. And we like to say, well, we can do all these things, but not those things. But if he says all things through him, does that not uh, include all things? So whatever it is that you say you can't do, if you put your effort forth and you work at it and you bring the Lord alongside of you, isn't it possible? You, you cannot be willing to give the enemy any space in your mind. You didn't even start something and the battle was already won and the enemy already had victory in your mind by the word, I can't. I'm just posing a thought to you that might, that your mind be a vessel which the Lord wants to use in a significant way that you might not have ever considered before. In the Bible, it says that we might love the Lord our God with all of our heart. And we, we like banking in on that one. I, I love him with everything inside of my heart. But it also says to love the Lord with all of your mind. Have you considered what that actually looks like? To love the Lord your God with all of your mind. Have you made up your mind that I will love him with all of my mind? What does that mean? What does that actually look like as it plays out in our lives And I thought about this God of the universe, the God we serve, the God we love in all of the earth. Like, just put your hand on your head. Between one ear and the other, he created you with a mind. And that's a space for him to have kingdom work. That he could actually possess the ground of your mind for his glory. Might he bring creative ideas and a release of his presence inside of your mind that might shift the atmosphere in the earth? He didn't use anything else. He didn't choose anything else. The process of your mind is where he decided, I want to bank into that space. And I want creativity to flow. And I want dreams to happen. And I want you to use your imagination And I want you to do something with your memory that maybe that would bring something into the earth. Maybe it's with wisdom and understanding. Where does that go? Inside your head. It wasn't just for from K to 12th grade and then college. It's now. Wisdom is for us. 
Your mind isn't just for a daily function. And we get caught into that. We just let it be whatever it happens. And, and we let our mind just run rampant sometimes. And we let it go here. And then it's there. And then it's chasing rabbits that way and squirrels that way. I mean, it's everywhere. Before you know it, your mind is all over the place. And you're not even driven by anything because it's driving you. So I came to this verse in Isaiah. And I've been sitting with this verse. And in, in it, it says, in chapter 43, if you want to open your Bibles, I, that would be awesome. Verse 18 and 19, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. For I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I want to do this thought about I want to test you a little bit. Okay? So if you think about a plant, a corn plant, what do you know about it? You actually have to answer out loud so we can do this. It has corn. What else do you see when you see a corn plant? Tell me what you, th- what you see, what you know. One ear per stalk. One ear of corn. What? It can make popcorn at some point. What else do you see? Like the color, the, like the height, all that. Come on. It's green. It's got what on the top? Tassels on the top. Anybody know how many uh, kernels are on a corn? Well, a lot, of course. But When you cut it off of it, like when you're going to eat it and you cut it off, it's like, whoa, there's that much. But when you're eating it, like you don't see that much. 800 plus. Anybody else know something about corn? Harvest. What did you say? It grows in Wisconsin. So you know what corn looks like. I mean, you have to just peek outside. Like we drove past like lots of corn things today. Oh, wait, it's right out there. There was an open book test right out the window. Okay, now I want to I wanna, like intrigue your thoughts. Okay. So you have like the ground and you plant, you plant a seed in the dirt. Now with your creativity and your imagination, tell me the plant that I'm going to grow. Use your mind. Tell me what it looks like. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> okay, but... But not a plant that exists. Something new. I want something new. Something that this room could only create. It's, it's going to like laugh and, and be bubbly, the plant? Is that a tree that produces money off of it? Okay. What color is a tree going to be? Turquoise. It's going to be a turquoise tree. That has multiple colors spewing from it. What else? Come on. Use your mind. Create, create this, this amazing original Lighthouse Church plant with me. A tree that's full of the love. It just exudes love. It's got hearts bursting out of it. Like bubbles of hearts. Like all the leaves are hearts. And a big light on the top, like the only tree that actually reflects light at the top, a plant. Like you walk by and it's like, bing, bing, bing. How big is it? 
You in the back. How big is it? 33 feet. This is a big plant. 33 feet. That's turquoise of, of all colors. It's like it all the way up to heaven. Anybody else have another creative idea? Every fruit. It has healing in its leaves. Sometimes because we knew what a corn looked like automatically, or we know what plants look like, we automatically go to that generated thought of what was. And he's saying, forget what was. Because behold, I'm going to do something new. Was it hard for you to think about something that's never been created before? Were you like, wait, I don't even know what that could even look like exactly. I mean, you were listing things and qualities of plants, that, except for that money doesn't grow off a plant, but like things that a lot of plants have. So if you had to break out of that and you really had to draw and be creative, it, would, it might take a little bit because sometimes we remember what we know. We remember what we think about, like we've thought about or the things that have already been established. And he's asking you to take possession of your mind. I think like our past can take possession. What takes possession and owns the mind space you have? The reason he said, remember not the things of the past, because behold, I'm going to do something new. He was speaking to the people of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt and they got stuck in that space of of time. And he's like, hey, forget Egypt. Forget what was that. Because I'm going to do something new. And they couldn't even see it. See it. He could, they couldn't even perceive it because they didn't understand. But yet the goodness of God, that new idea is unprecedented. It's in wonderful in its character. What God could do should eclipse the old. Even today. Whatever God did yesterday was incredible. But today, do you even know what he could do? Like we should be looking in the direction of what God could do because he's going to do something new. He's going to do something incredible. He doesn't want you to rely on your past memories and not only that, get stuck in them. Do you know how easy it is to get stuck in your past and in your mind? You're moving forward. Years have went by, but you're still living in 2020. People are still living in 2020. Some people are living in 1999 like, ah. They're just partying back there in 1980. Never ever came to the 2000s. We get stuck like we, oh, this is, and we bank in into whatever that is. And we never press forward. And, that, and, and we look at these people and say, you were in Egypt. You were in slavery. It was painful. And they're just like, oh, wish we could go back there. Why? Do you know how many of us are like that, though? We wish we could go back to where it was. But why, but why? When God wants to do something new. He's wanting to do something new. Like, he... I don't want him to do what he used to do. You serve too mighty of a God for that. So what does take possession of your mind? What was or what is to come? Have you set your mind on what things God is going to do? It requires faith. 
See, the enemy will just tell you, it's go- you're good, we're good. But that doesn't require any faith. Whatever he's telling you, you can't do doesn't require any faith. When, when God says you can do all things, that requires us to, to move on our faith, to let our faith live inside of our mind and say, wait a second, I could probably do that. What, what, what if God did this? Instead of saying, what if, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Well, what if God did this? How could he do that? Aren't you excited for what he's going to do? He's got a plan in the future. Like there's something out there that you haven't even begun to see. And he already started declaring that before I got up here, that there was things that he wanted to do that you have not even tasted. You couldn't even perceive it. If he told you, you'd be like, I don't even know. And he showed that in the word. You can go back into stories where there are people that he says, I'm going to turn this whole thing around in, in 24 hours. And the guy was like, no, I don't think that's possible. And you know what happened? It was possible. It happened. And the guy didn't even get to taste it because he couldn't believe. And this week I was reading Martha and Jesus comes to him at the, at the point of Lazarus, her, his brother dying, her brother dying. And I love that he told her, but I'm the resurrection and the life. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, that's awesome. And God tells us stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. And then they walked into town, into the tomb. And he's like, now go move the stone. And she's like, but don't you know he smells? He's been in there four days. And he's like, but if you just believe I am the resurrection and the life. And you have to take hold of that thought. That you must believe. When God speaks something to you that's way out of this world, he can do it. No, like he can do it. In one moment of time, he can turn everything around. Like even when you look at it and you like, you're like, okay, I'm thinking this and that and that and yeah. You've got to set all those things aside and say, I believe you at your word. But there's a give in there. How many of you guys had God say something and it's been a minute. If it's been a minute, raise your hand. Come on. Well, we're all in the same group. So (laughs) nice to meet all of you in the minute. It's true. There's times when God moves immediately. And there's times when God, it seems like it's been a minute and you're still like, okay, like I'm still here. And you know what? (laughs) In today, in 2023, a minute for me is like, it it didn't happen in an hour. Not like it's been a year and I'm still pressing on and I'm still going after it and I'm not willing to waver in my faith. And you look back at Abraham and God said, I'm going to give you these these children and he's looking at his body and being like, uh, and then he's like, but I don't even consider my body in this mess because God is able to do what he said he would do. And I don't even consider the time it's been taking because I know when he said it, it's going to happen. I, I just, I'm in the middle and I'm okay being in the middle. And sometimes we have to be, we have to wage war in the middle because you serve a God that's too good, too good to not give up, to give up. And we have too many people giving up. I, me in the middle. This last couple weeks, I've been seeking the Lord for something and like seeking him hard. Like there's times when you really dig and you really seek. And I mean, 
and there's been a war. And the thing is, 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 this is what it's like. It's not really happening out here, but it's all up in here. And it's like chaos. And I'm like, but God said he would do it. But then there's like, ugh, and he hasn't done it yet. And then I went to someone and they prayed over me. And he's like, I, he just literally said the exact same thing. He had already told me. I'm like, I know, but I really want to know what it is. Like, you already told me that. And I'm sitting in this war. In contemplation, in my mind. And I'm like, God, I want, I, I want to be into the, in the place where there's freedom in my mind. That when you said it, it's just like, it's a done deal. I made my mind up. I've set my mind the course. I'm not going to, 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 to shift. Or I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to consider this thought or that thought. I'm going to set Set my mind straight on him. And what he said is, do you not perceive it? This is allowing God to have the utter space of your mind. So in this journey, this is this. You know, when God just reminds you of how big he is, this is yesterday. Like. I'm going to just start with this, that God is the coolest God to ever follow. He's the best. He can do things that you don't even know, and then you forget. You literally forget that he does things that you can't even do because you're, like, worrying about it, and then you're like, oh, yeah, you do do that. I forgot. I don't want to forget that you do this. I want to perceive you to be that good. And yesterday, I was sitting at the coffee shop with Callie, and we're just, she's wanting to run to the fish store, and we're hanging out, and I get a phone call from my neighbor. And he's like, look, there's a big um, crisis. My, some people I know are supposed to be getting married, and the officiant can't come. Would you do it? It's in, at five, and this was at three. And I've only, pre, I've only done one wedding. And, and he's like, you, you can do this, right? Like weddings? And I was like, well, I've done one, <laughs> you know? I'm like, just give me one second, because I'm going to just think about it. I'll call you right back. So I paused, I called my parents and said, hey, is this like cool to do, you know? And I checked in with them and I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And he's like, I want you to do it. And I was like, cool. Like, <laughs> like so I was in Lake Geneva, I had to drive home and then I had to go to the wedding and I had to be ready to like marry them. Just seeking the Lord through it all. Like, okay, God, what are you doing in this? And so the, they get married. Woo! He, he helps me. I know that he's already went ahead of me. Because I, I, I've really banked into that scripture in Deuteronomy where it says, he personally goes ahead of us and makes a way. I, I'm like, okay, God, you're already at the wedding. You've already been there. You know what's going on. I just got to do what you've asked me to do. And let me tell you, your yes is very important. Living a a yes to the Lord is saying, God, whenever you ask, whenever you open the door, I have a yes for you. Yes. So they get married, become, we sign, we're going to sign all the paperwork. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, like, um, I'm going to cross off. I was like, I got to cross off who was going to officiate. I'm going to cross their name off and their address and I'm going to write mine in. She's like, yeah, that's perfect. So I did that. Walk away, go outside. And I'm talking to someone and they're like, yeah, I can't believe. I thought that Jensen Franklin was here going to do the wedding. And I was like, wait a second, what? And he's a pastor in Georgia of a, of a, of a very large church. 
and I watch him on Sundays a lot of times. And I was like, I just crossed off his name for mine? What? Like, no way. I was like, I really wish I could have been in the moment when God was like, yeah, you don't even know what's happening right now. Because I didn't even know that I was crossing his name off because I would have probably taken a picture and posted it, been like, look at this. No, I'm just saying. But I was just like, what? Like, and then like we go and they're like, you can have dinner with us. So I went and had dinner. I sat down and I was sitting further in the back of the room and then they're going to pray over dinner and he's in the room. Jensen had come late. His plane had a problem, but he prayed over them and it was beautiful. I'm like, God, like angels of of heaven, the servant of God. I just, you know, it's just like a person that I highly honor as a servant of God. He was praying for them in their marriage. And the guy at the table goes to me, he goes, well, you want me to get the mic because you probably should have prayed. And I was like, but you don't know who that is. Like, that's Jensen praying over them. I didn't say that to him, but in my heart, I was feeling that. And I was like, God, what are you doing? And I, and I didn't want to be like that one person that just like, I'm going to go find him. You know, I didn't do that. I just let God work, and I went to the bathroom. Maybe that was on purpose. But when I was walking back out, he was walking in, and we crossed paths. And I got to shake his hand and just honor him as a man of God and just say thank you for what he does and he blessed me and it was just like God you can take someone on a Saturday that had no plans to say yes to you to having someone that like orchestrating this event this moment like I don't know what God was doing except that he showed me that he can do anything Taking someone from Georgia, bringing them all the way to Lake Geneva, then missing their plane, and me doing the wedding instead of him, which is still cool to me. I'm like still on cloud nine. I, I really am. I'm like, that's so cool. Like how cool God is. That's why I said that. Like he's that big that he can orchestrate and move pieces and do things. And your mind has to encompass that thought that that is how good God is. That is how big he is. He can do the things that you can't even understand or you couldn't even do if you wanted to do them. He's so good. So when I'm sitting at my house and I'm like struggling and I'm, and I'm like, God, I just need you to show up. I need you to do. And I was sitting and he was like, you don't even know. Like, I'm preparing something really awesome that you're going to be super excited about. And then you're going to realize, like, I am working still. And he was working, even though I couldn't see it. And in the middle, you have to remember that. You have to go back and you have to say, yes, I remember. Oh, God is doing this and he's doing something new. And allow him to stir you for the more. What more could he do? Where could he bring you? What could he open? What is, it, what is it that he could do that you don't even perceive yet? And say, God, I want to know what you know. Allowing your mind to operate in an area of deliverance, of heaven, of kingdom. Saying, God, I want to stir my mind so much. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. For my ways are higher than the heavens. And my, my thoughts are higher than the heavens, and, the, and my ways are higher. I don't know. You got the point, right? Sorry. And it says, for, he, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So you have something that you have to tap into that's so much richer than you're at right now. 
like the world needs the mind that you have, that God has given you to expand, to stretch, to say, God, what do you want to bring forth on the earth through me, through thought, through my ability, through what you can do and avoid those things that are mindless. There's a lot of mindless traps out there, people. Just think of the one and just say, I'm going to give it up for a day. I gave up social media for like three days. And you know how many times my finger went back to that button? And I was like, ah. And then I was like, ah. Because I, I, I don't want to get caught in mindless traps. Hours spent just looking at someone else's lives. And, and hours spent not even thinking. You know how many times? Like, if you realize you have the ability to think, that you could think in, in the next 24 hours and think what God could use your mind to think with. Instead of just mindlessly doing nothing. What could he expand in your mind? What could he bring forth? What could he birth in your thoughts? That might change the earth. For his kingdom. For his glory. It says that he'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. See in John 14, 6 it says, he said to them, I am the way. And the truth and the light. When Isaiah prophesied that. He's prophesied about Jesus. Jesus is the way in the wilderness. Wherever it's barren, wherever the light, light, wherever there isn't life, he is the way. He's the one he was talking about. <laughs> and then he says in John 14, Jesus says to the people, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever, that means any of y'all. Don't look, look at your neighbor and say, he's, she's talking to me and you. Because sometimes we got to remember, he, this is us, whoever it is, that believes in me will do works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Are you doing greater works than Jesus did? Have you considered that you should be? Sometimes I'm like, well, Jesus, you know, he was really good. He was really cool, you know? And I don't want, you know, no one wants to top him or like this. But you, you, like all of a sudden, the Lord showed me, he's like, but when the Holy Spirit is in you and on you, I should be doing greater things. Because I don't want to go back to what I used to do. I want to do more. Your kids, you give them a little and they want to do more and more and more. How about you? You want more and more and more, you know, like He's the same. God wants to do more, express more of himself in the earth. To do more in the earth than what Jesus did. It's not impossible. It's because the Holy Spirit is alive. He's rivers in the desert. It says in the last day of the feast, in the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. Just think about Jesus crying out to the people. And he says, if anyone, so that's all of you, thirst, let him come and, to me and drink. And whoever, that's all of you again, believes in me. As the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And now he said this about the spirit. That's the spirit of God coming out of you. Everywhere you go, everywhere. Do you know that if you look at something and you want to call it a river, do you know what it means? It has to flow. You can go to Lake Geneva. That is not a river. That's just a body of water. The spirit is flowing. 
and moving and moving and rushing and the current is strong and he wants to move in the earth like he's never moved before. Never moved before. Do you know him? To know the Holy Spirit working in you. In, in Isaiah, he prophesied about Jesus and he said, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And I'm going to list what the spirit is to, to Jesus. And it's the same spirit that rests on you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And that is the same spirit that lives on you. You have no lack You think you can't. I'm just not good enough. I'm not this. That is not about you. You're an empty vessel. Of course you don't have what it takes. You need him in you, moving through you. Good things you don't have everything because you wouldn't need him. And we just sang a song this morning that says, I need you, Lord. Let me not forget that I need you. Every day that you would pour out of me, that when I would walk into this situation and wed people that, that I, I don't even really know, and I, it's only been a couple hours, but well, Holy Spirit, you're in me, and you're giving me an opportunity to meet these people and to pour the love of God out on them. As I ministered the, in the wedding, I got to pour the love of God out on people that might never have come to church. And you have to take opportunities like that at, at, and grab a hold of them and say, yep, doing this. God, we're going to move. Like, whatever it looks like, I'm game. Are you game? Are you excited for what God is doing? Can you perceive it? He's saying, I'm going to do something new. Aren't you, aren't you done with the boring old? It's you being proactive in your mind saying this is kingdom territory and I love God with all of my mind. And he tells us how to be proactive. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above and not on things that are on the earth. That's you choosing to set your mind on them. That's a proactive decision that takes courage, that takes strength, that takes determination. And Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, this is his list. So if you're like, I don't know what to think about. This is his list for you. Whatever is true, think about that. Whatever is honorable, think about that. Whatever is just, how about that one? How about whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable? Those are the things you're supposed to think about. If there's anything worthy of praise, that's Jesus. He's worthy of our praise. Think about him. If anything is excellent, think about him. How much of your mind capacity is used for non-kingdom thought? Or doesn't even tie into that list. In 1 Corinthians 2, 2, it says, For I have decided, Paul said, to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said all the other things aside that you could know. And he said, I want to know him. And I want to remember that he's been crucified. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, to keep, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You need perfect peace. Your mind has to be stayed on him. In a chaos world, there you go. That's a truth that should live inside of your mind. If my mind stays on him, I'm I'm good. I got peace. I got peace. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask and think according to his power within work with 
at work within us. So when the Holy Spirit settles in your mind and you think something, he can do it even greater. For now him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can think. Do you not understand the gift that statement is? Do you know how small my thinking is? And if God could only do based on what I could think, it wouldn't be very much. But if it's more than what I can think, abundantly more than me, it's in his capacity. Isn't that so good? Come on, isn't that really good? To love the Lord with all of your heart is the greatest commandment. It's the greatest one that he asks us to live it out. To love him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. You have to give access and position to him in your mind. Sometimes we have to repent of the stinking thinking we think. The places that we've given a place for the enemy to take and bank into. And say, well, you're not going to go any further than this. No, I'm going further. We're moving on. I'm not going to think like that anymore. And, And countering it with the word. Just finding a scripture to counter what the enemy says to you and believe the word. The word is full of promise. It's full of truth. You have a gift. You've been given your mind, your memory, your imagination, your creative side, the wisdom, the revelation, like the spirit of wisdom and revelation rested on you today. And he's calling us to take back possession of the places that the enemy has tried to to set up camp. And you can do that with the word. Saying, no, this is what I believe. And allowing the Holy Spirit to stir your mind, to bring you into a position with him that's different, that's new, that's super exciting. Because he's so good. He's so good. He's really, really good. And he loves you so much. If you only dwelled on that, the fact that God loves you so much. That he's always working things together for your good. That he's on your side and he's never going to forsake you. And he's never going to leave you. And you're never alone. Because his great love is from everlasting to everlasting. Maybe dwell on just the fact that he loves you so much. Have you said it lately? God loves me so much. Like he does. Sometimes we have to remember ourselves. It's not just an outside thought. It's an inside thing. Your mind needs to know that, oh yeah, God does love me a lot. He's ordering my steps. He's got plans. He's making a way and he's got rivers and he's already orchestrated a beautiful picture of a future and a hope for you. Would you stand with me? As I was praying for this service and for you, I really felt like the Lord wanted to break off and bring freedom and destroy some of those dams that have been created in your mind because it's generational. 
He doesn't want it to go from one generation to the next, but you need to, you need to say, okay, God, I'm loving you with all of my mind and I'm breaking free from where the enemies try to set up a fortress. And in your mind, the spirit of deliverance lives. The deliverer, the victorious God. God, we ask that you would move in this house. That you would bring salvation, that your word would speak to us. We thank you, God, for just actually just telling us what you want us to know. We want to know what you want us to know, God. And then we can move in it. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in the midst of us this morning. If you don't know the Lord, there's an opportunity at the front this morning for you to come to know him. He's so good. He's so good and he loves you so much. There's opportunity if you need prayer, if you want to repent and lay down some of those things, like the altar is open. This is a moment between you and him and saying, God, I want to, re- I want to recommit my mind to loving you with all of my, with all of my mind. As Pastor Mike closes the service, there is opportunity for you to come forward. We would love to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. Let him keep you. Let him keep you. Let him keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his peace upon you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Go in his grace today.